When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, all cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. Less than two weeks. So uh, on this episode, right, we've talked about it. We're going to try to be forward thinking. We're going to really attack our planning for game week one. You picking up what I'm putting down here, Josh? Mm -hmm. Uh, I predict we're going to get into a little bit of trouble with this episode because this week on Always Cheating, we have an, an episode dedicated to FPL forwards. The response that we're going to get, Josh, is great. When's the episode on midfielders coming? When's the episode on defenders coming? And and it's not, Um, Josh, (laughs) because a we're we're like going to run out of time here before game week one kicks in. But b, Josh, we've we've done a lot of content already for the preseason, and I feel like doing our our team previews, all twenty clubs. I was able to formulate a really clear sense of where I wanted to go with my defense, where I wanted to go with my midfielders, and where I kind of kept running into roadblocks, mostly because there are too many options, was with my FPL team's forward lineup. So talk to me about what we're going to do on today's episode of Always Cheating. Yeah, what we're basically going to do is, and I'm with you, I feel like there are 15 or 20 forward prospects, players who I think can actually score 15 plus goals this season, right? Which um, even at the lower tiers, I think some of those players exist. Of course, they all won't. But there are a lot of players here. And maybe you have an idea of what you want to do in game with one, maybe. And I think even, even with this pot, I think we may hopefully change your change your opinion a little bit on some of these players. But once you start looking a little further ahead, game week four, five, things start to change quite a lot. So we're going to talk about here are A, what do the fixtures look like for the key forwards? We're going to talk about 15 or 20 different players in this pod. What do their key fixtures look like? Um, What are um, their stats, like just stats and data? Like how did they actually, uh, how they perform last season? If they came from the championship or outside of of the Premier League, uh, what do their numbers look like? Um, What do the underlying stats look like for these players? And then C is the intangibles. So, which basically just means how do we think of, like how do we feel about them? Do we like them or not? Uh, And so we're going to talk about, about those about those three things, and we're going to break it up into budget forwards, mid price forwards, and uh, premium forwards, the the most expensive ones. Um, and so I, I think it'll be a really interesting discussion. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's really fun to put all the data together for this. And I, I've actually changed my opinions on a couple of people. And uh, Antonio, I'm looking at you, Brandon. So <laughs> okay. um, poor Antonio is going to get going to get a little bit of the uh, little stick on this week's pod. So. Um, you know, a couple pieces of news. Uh, one thing I wanted to just very quickly note is you've really got to pay attention right now uh, to what's happening with some of these players returning from Euros uh, and, uh, and and the Copa America as well. And even players like Charleston are at the Olympics. Uh, a lot of them are coming back very slowly or have not even returned to their team yet. You know, Kane is just 
going back to Spurs this week. We'll see if he stays at Spurs or not. Um, so I really recommend either following these teams on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, because they post all this stuff. And there's a lot of fanfare when the players return. So uh, you do not want to be in a position where three of your starters in game week one just aren't even like you got back from Europe four days before the season started. Because in that case, they're probably not going to actually start um, game week one. They may not even play a minute in game week one. Um, so keep an eye on that. And then Brendan, I just had a question for you. The Grealish to Man City yeah. move. It looks like it's, it's probably a done deal. Probably going to happen. Are you, you know, are you, I mean, the transfer itself, it seems like a good piece of business, but from a fantasy perspective, um, good deal. Like, are you, you know, are you thinking about bringing him in? Is it yeah. just, you know, like, is, is it just like, how do you think he fits into that team? Right. There are two ways to look at it. There's the pessimistic point of view and the optimistic one. I'm trying, Josh, to to take the optimistic path here that, yes, Grealish, like one of his great assets as a player is his ability to create and to, to carry the ball into dangerous positions. And that is exactly how Pep sets up his city team. He's got just loads of attacking midfielders bringing the ball into it into uh, dangerous situations. I, I'm a little fearful, though, of Jack Grealish because he's not a classic finisher. He's just more a, a, a ball carrier, yeah. a crosser of the ball. I've had him many times uh, in his Aston Villa incarnation, my fantasy squad, and I've had good weeks from him and, and some not so good weeks. I, it's, it just, it feels like a bit of a guessing game now to understand how he fits into Pep's vision of city. Uh, cause, cause honestly, the pessimistic point of view would be, he's going to play a little deeper. He's going to break open the defenses for some of the faster, better uh, finishers on city to really rake in the FPL points. So where does he, I guess like heat map is going to be my first uh, key key resource yeah. when I'm looking at how Grealish uh, fits in at city. Yeah. I mean, you could see him, you know, there was some talk that Foden might be the David Silva, but I, I, I think Foden ultimately plays a little more advanced than, than, than Silva. Maybe, maybe Foden settles in that role, but I, I think the Grealish could end up occupying that, that David Silva role a little more. I mean, Gundogan kind of did it last season. So actually one interesting thing about the Grealish move is that it may make Gundogan, you know, even less valuable. I mean, I think it was already a little bit of a question whether you wanted him going into the season or not, just because he kind of did his best when KDB was out of that team. But I think now Grealish might push him back even more. So yeah. it kind of hurts both of them. And in the end, Brandon, you're left with Phil Foden <laughs> when he's, when he's healthy, he's injured right now. So <laughs> it's turning into the summer of Mares, Josh. I mean, you're talking about these players coming back slowly into training and Mares already has a number of friendlies under his belt. And it's like, Already these FPL traps are being sprung all around game week one. Who's going to fall for it? Oh, Mares. I know. It's like the problem with Mares is like, yeah, I, I guarantee he starts in game week one. And then he, you could totally see him on the bench in game week two. You know, and you're just like, wait, like I wanted you for this nourish match at home. Uh, I just find him too stressful to own. I, yeah. I, do, I just really don't like to have players where when the team sheet comes out, I am sweating it to see if they actually made the starting lineup. That is just, that is not the kind of story. Yeah. I think he it's like 12 matches last season. He just didn't, didn't appear at all or didn't start or yeah. I'm like literally just pulling that out of nowhere. <laughs> I feel like I saw that a while ago and I've forgotten what the actual stat is, but you know, he's a, especially when the, when the champions league starts in particular, he's such an occasional player. Yeah. So to quickly bring it back to Grealish, then I, I do agree with you that the amount of investment the club is making in, Grealish and uh, he he probably could be like KDB like very much more locked into a regular starting 11 for Pep and that that's that's big value 
One other, just a couple other notes real quick. Uh, one is our producer, FPL Merch. Brandon, if you've listened to the pod for a long time, you know that FPL Merch has supported us for, for multiple seasons now. Uh, he wanted to let everyone know, he, he also runs this great website where he he does FPL, like, it's like it sounds, Brandon, it's FPL Merch. Uh-huh. Uh, and he wanted to let everyone know that as a listener of this pod, you can have a special uh, extra 10% discount to any trophy or forfeit, which in America we would call a toilet bowl trophy, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, for your mini league this year. Uh, so go to FPLmerch.com. Just, just go there. Just check out the site. Uh, and you can, you can use, uh, use code AC10 at checkout for a discount. And uh, Brandon, we talked about it on, on the uh, the tips, the 31 tips pod that we did. Uh, but I think – I. I like it's like look me in. I know people listening cannot look me in the eye right now, but like <laughs> pretend that you're looking me in the eye. Yeah. Make your mini leagues fun. Like if, if if there's one thing I can push on people, it's just keep your friends engaged because fan. Like just it's all so much more fun when the people in your group of friends or the people that you're just you know talking with online, whatever it is, if they just if they're just paying attention. It just, you know, it just, that to me is just so much more fun than kind of chasing overall rank, like find, and if you don't have any friends that you're playing with, find one other person and do it into a head to head league. You know, you and I, Brandon, you and I have been doing this 50 buck cup for seven or eight years now where we just, yeah. you know, just compete against each other. And it's just a little extra juice each week, uh-huh. you know? So uh-huh. I, I, I really recommend that. Um, couple other quick, quick notes, uh, just to, you know, I, I don't mean to turn this into like a ma- major housekeeping section here, but, um, you know, preseason, there's a lot of stuff to, we want to, want to do shout outs for. Um, there's a 1000 pound prize, 1000 pounds, Brandon, not just dollars, yeah. pounds. Yeah. You know, the, the pound is still stronger than the dollar. Very strong. Uh, and that's, that's for our super league, uh, courtesy of our friends at fantasy football hub, uh, just register on their site as a free or paying member prior to the season starting, and then, uh, go to our, join our super league as well, of course. Uh, and that's. Uh, 2BNF4U is uh, the code. And of course, you're not going to remember that. So just go to the auto join link at alwayscheating.com. One final note Football Fest is August 20th to 22nd at the Wynn Casino in Las Vegas. Brandon, the cheaters are going to Vegas. Neither of us have even been to Vegas before. And thank you, by the way, to uh, multiple people who've actually reached out to us with some Vegas tips. So that that Joe guy in particular gave me some great advice that I'm going to pass on to you um, privately. So uh, go to (laughs) footballfest2021.com if you want to join the cheaters and just kind of hang out with us in Vegas uh, August 20th to the 22nd. Yeah. All right. And uh, a big thank you to our Patreon supporters this week. And if you don't know, if you're new to the podcast, Patreon is a great way to say thanks and support what Josh and I do weekly on the Always Cheating Pod. Visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating. You know the drill. What you get in exchange is more always cheating FPL content. Supporters get an extra podcast ad free every week. The Dean's List Manager of the Month, Josh. Special hat tip. To Mike DiPietro for the name check there. Uh, we're doing Manager of the Month, a free shirt to our highest scoring Patreon supporter each month. We can review a newsletter from Mini League Mate. And, of course, a special thank you this week to our new patrons at the producer level, the Grand Pooba, Caleb Robbie, the Volkswagen supporter level. We got Charlotte Gage and Chris McCartney at the Lord Sorloth tier. Thanks to Joseph Stern, Richard Kirk, Ben Gautier, Rune Borsrup. Ivan Thane, Gary Horwood, Rom Frosk, and Kieran Darcy. And at the Pookie tier, big thanks to Barnaby Shepard and David Green. Uh, Josh, let's take it to a break. And when we come back, we're talking about FPL forwards, colon, everything you need to know. All right, Brian, we're back. 
forwards. We're going to mm-hmm. start with the cheapies and work our way up to the to the prices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's 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 do this. We're kind of so. I mean, I, I clearly there, there's like 65 different forwards. I mean, there's like 13 forwards registered for Watford alone. So we can't go through every single forward. And so we've we've kind of broken it down into like a couple of players we want to discuss in each category, and then a few players we're just going to kind of note in brief. Um, and so in the, in the budget category there, there's two, there's, there's one kind of big one. And then one that I think is flying a little bit under the radar at the moment. So, uh, why don't you kick things off, Brandon? Cause you've actually talked to, we've talked about him twice already in the podcast. <laughs> so we, you and I have lots of notes and thoughts already. So kick it off with Ivan Tony. Yeah. Ivan Tony, who was the talismanic striker, uh, for Brentford in last season's championship run, uh, to, uh, to win the championship playoff for Brentford. And yeah, in our, our talking about this club in their promotion, it's funny, the, the effectively third place team in the championship is now coming to the Premier League as probably the most touted of the three promoted clubs. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about Norwich and Watford, but Ivan Tony really is probably the, the most well-rounded striker from these three promoted teams. 31 goals and 14 assists yeah. in the campaign last season. And I think it's that those 14 assists. And I'm gonna this is gonna be what I keep hitting upon as we talk about all these forwards. Is I mean, from from a shrewd FPL manager perspective, yeah, what we want from these guys are goals. But I think if you're looking, if you're looking for value, if you're looking for especially the cheaper forwards, what do they offer apart from goals? Because I still want to get some FPL points from assists, and I want to actually know that uh, there are multiple routes to points for the, for these strikers. So Ivan Tony, I think he offers that. And those 31 goals, he did outperform his XG on the season, which was 28.6. And for those who aren't stats inclined, when we talk about XG, that's expected goals. So the Opta statisticians as they're judging the the play of the game uh, is is a big chance. Uh, how likely is it to be a goal? And then does the striker convert it into a goal? So last season, Ivan Tony had an expected goal number of 28.6 and outperformed that at 31 goals. So um, I, I think that he's just bringing a lot of pedigree uh, into the Premier League. And one last thing that we'll will say is, yeah, well, 31 goals in the championship, that doesn't mean anything to me. It's it's just a totally different division. Well, I, we've shouted him out before, Nevermind721, who is over there on the FPL Reddit channel. He came up with this rule of half, which, um, you know, you can kind of twist these stats in, in ways to suit your argument, but I thought it was a pretty compelling argument that Nevermind made. It, looking at recent promo tees to the Premier League from from Jota and Pookie from his um, previous promotion with Norwich. What you can typically expect from these high-flying championship attackers is to at least produce half of what they produced in the championship the previous season. So by that logic, Josh, right. we're looking at 15 to 16 goals from Ivan Tony. I mean, that does feel rather ambitious, but there are there is historical data that would push us in that direction. So it's 6.5 million Ivan Tony feels pretty good. And just looking at these fixtures for Brentford, including that opening game week one fixture, the very first kickoff of the season at their brand new stadium in West London, hosting Arsenal. Josh, are you are you licking your lips yet? <laughs> you know, I, I am. And I, I just think it's OK. Here's the OK. And this kind of the fixtures tie, tie in with the intangible 
section here, right? Which is that Brentford are playing the opening match, right? They're playing on Friday, the opening match of the new season at home for their first first division match since 1947, right? So it's been, what is that? Almost 75 years uh, since they played in the first division. Yeah. Playing at home, he's their you know, they're certainly their best scorer, if not their best player overall. Um, and there's just a great recent record too, of someone from a promoted team starting a season really strongly. Uh, Bamford last season, Pookie the season before that, Jimenez the season before that, you know, they may not last all season long. I mean, Pookie faded for sure. Although Bamford and Jimenez, I think, um, had more staying power. Uh, and so I just think there's a real case for Tony to be this year's guy, this year's promoted player who uh, just comes out of the gates firing. And, you know, once you look back at the Bassett Arsenal fixture, it's you know, Palace, Villa, Brighton, Wolves. I mean, it's it's a pretty decent run and it gets pretty bad after that, honestly. So I think, you know, Tony to me is not, uh, all of these kind of cheap forwards, I feel like you should not get too attached to them. You know, um, I mean, Brendan, I know, I know Tony's your boy. And so that's different for you. Uh-huh. you know, I think it's, you, I know you're, you, you changed your FPL team ID to Tony 38 weeks, which uh-huh. I feel like it's a little, like a strong commitment, but no, it was, it know, was but t- I, I think it's great. Tony uh, all 38 yeah. weeks is, is technically the team name. So anyway, Macy had enough characters in the, uh, just barely. Name. So yeah, I think, I think he's pretty, I think he's pretty exciting. Um, What's interesting about Tony, and so I think, you know, we've talked about him a lot. And so I think let's go let's go to the next budget forward here, which is Rodrigo. And what's kind of cool about Rodrigo is his fixtures get great right when Tony's start to drop off. So if we're if we feel like eh, I'm not sure if Tony's quite right for me. You don't have any money in the budget. I think Rodrigo could really seriously be considered. And I think I feel like he's flying under the radar quite a bit right now. He had seven goals and two assists last year, but he missed 12 matches of various issues. It was also his first year uh, in the um, Bielsa system, right? Yeah. And there's a little bit of a, a learning curve for players who join that. And, you know, Brett, I'm glad you, t- you talked about the other ways that they can contribute because I think that's very true of, uh, you know, especially assists. It's very true of Rodrigo as well because – he's very capable of putting up really big assist numbers. Um, You know, he had seven goals and 11 assists for Valencia the season before last Uh, 15 goals and 10 assists season before that. So even if you think to yourself, well, he's not the the primary forward, it's Patrick Bamford. If we get a season out of Rodrigo where he gets like 12 goals and 10 assists, like that is a like, great. That's incredible value for a 6.5 million forward. Yeah. Um, And I just, I really like him as a player. I know Brennan, you sometimes are, um, you fall in love with like the way people actually like play, you know, Whereas <laughs> right. I, I feel like I'm, I'm a mercenary sometimes. And you're just like, well, like he's actually good. So I'm going to bring him on my team. Uh, and I feel like he's just a good player. Like he's fun to watch. Yeah. 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 And I think Rodrigo, there are two players to talk about Rodrigo and Pat Sandaka, who we're going to talk about um, in the next section. These are going to be guys who will suddenly become major lifelines with, if there are major injuries, if anything happens to Bamford, suddenly we're going to be talking a lot about Rodrigo. If something happens to Jamie Vardy, we're going to be talking a lot about Pat Sindaka. So yeah, I, I, I hear you like it, it takes a lot of reprogramming or deprogramming to fit into that Bielsa system. So maybe just we'll see a lot of Rodrigo alongside Bamford this season. But even if he is coming off of the bench, he is going to be a great FPL asset to have in reserve if something happens to Bamford at some point. 
Yeah. I mean, Mike Tyson once said, Brandon, and I, I know you know this quote, I think you mm. actually have this tattooed on your arm. Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, everyone, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And I think we're all <laughs> going into the season with Ivan Tony, but uh-huh. what happens if Ivan Tony gets injured in game week one or Ivan Tony looks terrible or Brentford don't score the first couple matches of the season, we're, you're going to want an exit strategy pretty fast. So I think, you know, Rodrigo might end up being that player. There's a couple other players who I think we can just talk about in brief. Um, why don't you take the next one, Brandon? Oh, my God. You're going to give me another classic your boy pick here. Uh, Christian Benteke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your note under Benteke's name here, Josh, is are we really doing this? Now, it, it was insane. So Benteke <laughs> finished last season with 10 goals and two assists, but I think he scored pretty much all 10 of those goals and basically the last 10 game weeks of the season he he finished, oh, I see, yeah, seven of those yeah. goals came uh, from game week 25 on, which is just an insane run of form. Now, he's had an entire summer, Josh, to cool down. And if anybody is capable of cooling the F down, it is Christian Benteke. Yeah. However, like, I, I, I thought a, that a half decade where he was ice cold. <laughs> yeah, but but this was something that came out of our Crystal Palace discussion during our team previews was there's something, you know, whether they get the results or not remains to be seen, but there's some good vibes happening around Selhurst Park, like bringing in Patrick Vieira. There seems to be like a, you know, they, they seem primed for some sort of an attacking renaissance with Hodgson's defensive stodger, stodgery going out. Maybe um, we'll see mm-hmm. Christian Benteke continue to perform. So easily one to watch. And, and then, Another striker who is definitely hot and cold, and we know this from Norwich's last campaign in the Premier League, is Pookie. Now, Josh, he's near and dear to your heart. You you had some great times with 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 Timu a couple of years ago. Um, yep. Are you treating him with uh, any sort of skepticism this time around? Well, I mean, a little bit just because, I mean, they play Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, and Arsenal in their first four, right? It's, it's a really bad run. But one of the themes for, I think both of us this season is let's, let's, you know, tabula rasa, you know, let's like start fresh, you know, let's look at everybody like, like they're getting a complete clean slate start with us. Right. And so Benteke and Pookie are the two, are two prime candidates for this. Right. Because I, in me, in, in the case of Benteke, I've spent a half decade now talking about him as a player who should just become a center back, which is his natural yeah. role because he can't <laughs> right. score anymore. Uh, and then he scores, you know, seven goals on the stretch. And then Pookie, uh, I sort of have my idea that he got found out, right. Because he had a great hot start a couple of years ago and then scored what felt like one goal the last 20 weeks or so. Um, so even though he scored 26 goals in the championship last season, uh, it's, it's still hard for me to, to see it. But again, once you get past those opening for me, the nice thing about playing Liverpool men's City, Leicester, Arsenal in the first, especially those first three, um, getting them out, you get them out of the way, right? Because yeah. after that, they've got Watford, Everton, Burnley, Brighton. It's it's a much better run. So um, so let's see. Let's see where we are with Pookie in, in four or five weeks. Um, a couple other just players to briefly hit here. You got St. Maximin. Uh, Brandon, can you remind me again why he's a 6.5 million forward? <laughs> I'm still wrapping my, wrapping my head around that for one. For fun. <laughs> the, the only reason is for fun, Josh. I mean, I don't yeah. know uh, what FPL Towers was was thinking here. I mean, it's not like Newcastle don't have one of the greatest FPL number nines of the last 10 years in Callum Wilson. I mean, they, they've got a forward here to fill that FPL hole. St. Max is, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's almost generous to classify St. Max in the category of Salah and Mane of like forward wingers. He's, 
he's clearly a midfielder. I I don't get it. I don't get it either. I mean, he, he played a few matches up there, but it's I, you know it's fine. Like I, I, I like you said, they they did it for fun, I suppose. And so great. <laughs> Actually, I think it would have been more fun to have him as a six point five million midfield. He shouldn't even be six point five for one thing. He should be like five. Yeah. He had three goals and five assists last year. I don't yeah. know what we're doing here. Why, why is why is six point five? The fun tax. Uh, he's like the same price as like. Uh, James Ward Prowse. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, uh, it's just weird. And then you've got the, the Watford trio of Troy Deeney, Ja Pedro, Josh King. I actually kind of want to like Ja Pedro, but he hasn't been starting this. I don't know what's going on with any of these players. They're all 5.5 million. They've got good fixtures, but I, I have to strongly recommend that you just stay away from all of them because if you don't even know which guy is going to start like unless unless the manager uh whose name is i'm forgetting right now uh just comes out and says yes confirmed josh king is our jisco that's right if he just comes out and says you know josh king he's our guy uh tattoo it on your on your on your you know arm 38 weeks of king then maybe then maybe i consider it but otherwise it just feels too too risky. And then um, and then we've got one player on our watch list, Brandon. Um, yeah. What do you think about our watch list player here? In the budget so bracket? he's actually my favorite. I mean, he might even edge out Ivan Tony in this price bracket in, in terms of interest for me as Tammy Abraham at six point five million. Tammy scored in a uh, I can't remember if it was the uh, friendly against Arsenal that happened this weekend or if it was the previous friendly. So he's getting minutes under Tuchel in the preseason, but I honestly would be stunned if Tammy Abraham sticks around Chelsea for this season because he's just not going to get that many minutes. Last season, he just had 12 starts. He managed six goals, um, slightly outperforming his XG. I think if the rumors are true that maybe Arsenal are looking to offload Lacazette, that number nine shirt looks really primed for Tammy Abraham. And I think... Tammy at Arsenal at 6.5 sounds pretty enticing. I was looking at the XG numbers for Laka and Aubameyang. I don't really remember a single goal that either of those guys scored for Arsenal last season, but still both of those guys outperformed their XG. So I feel like maybe I've been selling Arsenal's, I mean, just attack efficiency, you know, say what you will like holistically about the Arsenal attack. But point being is if you've got a decently priced striker option, FPL wise in an attack like that Arsenal has, I just feel like we're going to be talking a lot more about Tammy Abraham this season. I think so too. I, I think he should move. I mean, honestly, like I, I think he's just starting because they're they're kind of you know putting him in the shop window as yeah. they say, and I and I think it makes sense to do that. And so you know, so we'll 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 see what happens there. But I think he's definitely on the watch list. But you know, really the the, the point of that opening section was yes, you should probably start the season with Tony. But you've really got to think about who else is there because, um, I mean, I don't, I don't want Tony when they play Liverpool and Chelsea, right? Two times in three matches, and so I'm definitely planning to move on at some point. So it's good to, good to know who else is out there. Um, all right, that's that's our budget tier, um, the mid price tier, and so we're defining the mid price tier as it's just seven million to eight million, which feels very narrow. <laughs> but that's where like eighty two percent of all the forwards. <laughs> it's fall. incredible. So like to narrow uh, it down a little bit. Just the number yeah. of players in this one million price range is is really staggering. And the thing is, they th- you could make a case for every single one of these guys. I, so I t- completely agree. Um, and so we, we have a bunch here. There's, these are not necessarily ranked in order. Okay. I mean, I put, I put, uh, Ali Watkins and Antonio at the top cause I feel like they're, they're very 
they've been the, the really popular forward candidates, but I, I, we want to talk about a, a bunch of them here. And it's probably the biggest section of this week's pod. So let's start things off with Oliver George <laughs> Arthur Watkins. Incredible. Okay, Brandon, I was on his uh, his uh, transfer market page today, and that is his full name. I, I like him more. Oliver George, that is the most British name I feel like I've ever heard. I mean, that's yeah. Like, or English, we, I should say. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever I should say there. We've we've lived through the great age of uh, hyphenated last names, hyphenated surnames for English players. Now I feel like Ollie Watkins, Oliver George Arthur Watkins is introducing the like Knights of the Round Table era of, of uh, English attacking names. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's do it. The only shame is that it's not Oliver George Arthur Watkins Carter Vickers. That would really complete the the, the name there. <laughs> Esquire. <laughs> Esquire, yeah. Uh, MD. Um, all right. So his numbers last season, uh, four, 14 goals. Uh, he underperformed his XG by three goals. And again, I don't mean to just like drop XG and XA into all of these, all of these stats. And, and I'm not, you know, I mean, I don't think either of us would say that we're, we're gigantic set heads, but I think, you know, over the course of 38 weeks, it can be useful to look at expected goals, you know, kind of in sum, right. Over 38 weeks, it gives you a sense, right. If somebody scores 18 goals in the season, but their XG was 12, yeah. you know, it's, it's worth investigating whether they just, you know, had a, you know, an especially fluky season or, you know, I feel like, um, I, I don't know what his XG was in some of his best seasons, but, uh, Andros Townsend, I feel like he's got an XG of about like 0. 0.5 each year. <laughs> right. Cause like all of his shots yep. are just outside the box <laughs> uh-huh. screamers, you know? Yep. Um, so he, but so anyway, XGX, it can be useful just, you know, but I, I just, I would never take it seriously over one particular match, but, ag, you know, averaged out over, over a season, it can be a, a useful, just, you know, kind of, um, uh, it's just, a, just a, a data point really to look at. Uh, but anyway, uh, to get back to Watkins here, um, 14 goals underperformed by, by three goals, which is really impressive. If you think about it being his first year in the premier league and, uh, nine assists and an XA of just over eight. So, I mean, really did kind of earn, I mean, he, he was a really complete player, right? And he probably yeah. should have scored a couple more goals than he did. Um, really great fixtures for the season, probably the best three opening fixtures of any team. Um, and I, I know you're, I know you're big on him. And so I'll give you a second to talk about him in just a minute here, Brandon, but, uh, just a couple of quick intangibles here. I mean, one is that he never gets injured and I, I know I should like knock on wood here, but the, the man never gets injured ever. And so <laughs> it's just, I thought like a wonderful asset to have in fantasy, um, and then uh, Zoltan Vaga says, what do we think of Watkins if Grealish leaves? And first of all, I just think that's happening. So just get, get ready for that. Um, <laughs> I just want to note that from game week, game week 25 to 35 and Grealish was out last season. Um, he did have three goals and two assists during that, uh, I guess, 11 game week span. So, and that was without a Buendia level replacement, right? So I think three goals and t- two assists over 11 weeks. I mean, that's not bad, right? I mean, I, you know, averaged out, that'd be what, 12 goals and eight assists in a season. So, um, you roughly. Um, so, you know, I mean, what do you think about Watkins going into the year? Are you, are you pretty high on him still? Yeah, I love him. And I, I just want to underscore what you were saying about him being a complete player. I mean, take it for what you will, the assist, like the only other, the only striker to better Watkins, uh, best chance created, uh, number last season was actually Che Adams. Um, so I, I don't know, uh, what that tells yeah. us. But still, if you look at co- <laughs> comparable players like Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, or even what we were talking about, Puki, you know, like 20-something goals and just four assists, they, there are the, the, there's this striker where their main focus is give me the ball and I'm going to shoot. And when they're on, 
they're on. I, Chris, I'd put Chris Wood in that category as well. And those are very streaky FPL players to have. So you have to be careful of when you get in on them and when you when you sell when you sell them off. Ali Watkins just feels like a great player at 7.5 that you can stick in your fantasy squad and just leave him there the entire time because even when he's you know he's underperforming his xg he's not really getting the shots he's still also going to be looking for his teammates and and creating more opportunities for fpl points so yeah i i think watkins is is pretty solidly in my game week one squad at the moment just just you know going back to those opening three fixtures watford newcastle brentford it's it feels it feels good and buendia is already connecting with Wat- yeah. Wat- watkins here this summer so it I, you know, he's not going to be starved, uh, even if Grealish leaves. I think so, too. Uh, Matt Target was a good connection point for him. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, yeah, I, I, you know, and, he, and, and, you know, one thing that's nice about Watkins, too, is that he's a player who's done well uh, in big matches, too. We've already seen it, right? So I, I don't think that the, unlike some of these forwards who I think, you know, the, the term flat track bully comes out sometimes, right? There's certain players yeah. who, you know, run a little cocky, used to have this reputation for being kind of at their best and they're playing the worst teams. Um, and whether it was, you know, deserved for Lukaku or not. But, you know, I, I think that with, with Watkins, we have seen him put up, you know, I, I can think of his brace away to Arsenal, obviously the hat trick uh, when they played um, Liverpool at home, you know, game week two or whatever that was, game week four, I don't know, early on in the season last year. Um, so yeah, I think that I, you know, I, he's in my game week one squad. I, I think he's the one forward who's, who's pretty locked in there. He and Tony actually are both pretty, pretty locked in, I'd say. And at this point it's, I'm, I'm really looking at it, my third forward and, and I'm also looking three or four weeks ahead. I'm not really married to any of these forwards for, for, um, more than three or four weeks really. And I think a lot of my early transfers are going to be moving these forwards around a little bit. So that brings us to another really popular forward pick, which is Mr. Michael Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> no middle names here. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't pull everyone's transfer market full name or Wikipedia. I should have maybe next time. Uh, ten, 10 goals and five assists last year. Ten goals and four assists season, season before that. Uh, extensive injury record, to say the least. Uh, missed mm-hmm. twelve Premier League matches last year with various ailments. Um, I, have a, I have a couple of notes here, Brandon, so you can take for the take of these what you will. Okay. Um, I wrote you would you wouldn't mind him being a bit cheaper than seven point five million. <laughs> like kind of, it's like when did he? It's like something happened over the course of the spring and the summer where he became like one of the premier forwards in the Premier League. Like there's a lot of excitement about him, and I'll just say this: I know he's moved around the pitch a lot. He's going to be 32 this season, okay? Yeah, and wow. even accounting for playing over the all over the pitch, he still scored fewer than 50 Premier League goals in his entire career. You know, I mean, I don't know. Like he's he's a ten goal scorer. I mean, like he's a ten goal scorer. He's missed he's missed a lot of games with injuries. He passes the eye test. But in all honesty, can you truly say that he's better value than Chris Wood? I'm not no, sure you can. No. So no, no. I, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Antonio is like for good and bad is what you see is what you get because you see Antonio, he's just like ruthless in front of goal. But also what you know of Antonio is also true that he is always injured. So, uh, so right. it's like the the FPL prayer that we will make throughout the course of the season is like, please, FPL gods, let me be the one who has Antonio that one game week where he goes off. That one yeah. out of 38 yeah. game weeks where he goes off and I decide to captain him because totally. there's no other obvious captain that week. And he was a good prospect at times last season, but again, it was just the injury stuff. It just made it so, 
so just tedious, you know, to honestly yeah. to have him, you know, you just never really knew what you were going to get with him. So, um, I, they have a good opening run. There's no doubt about it. Uh, away to Newcastle start the season, uh, home to Leicester, home to palace, away to Southampton. I mean, Southampton always have like a, you know, game where they can see 12 goals in them. So you always kind of hope you get it right. And maybe that's, maybe that's where Antonio gets his, his hat trick plus one or whatever. But, um, I'm kind of leaning away from him right now. There's a couple other players that we're going to talk about that I'm, I'm a little more excited about. Um, and partially it's just, if he was, if he was 6 million or 6.5, I'd, I'd be more eager. And I think there's something about that price tag where it just makes me think, well, maybe I just spend the extra 0.5 million for a Patrick Bamford or a, you know, a Calvert Lewin or something like that. So, Let's talk about Calvert-Lewin because I have to say, I feel like I'm sleeping on Everton a little bit. I'm definitely sleeping on their fixtures. Their fixtures are a lot better to open yeah. the season than, I, than I've maybe given them credit for. Well, their fixtures are a classic uh, if, if you just glaze your eyes over and look at the, the sort of like color-coded fixture rating. You've got a lot of easy sure. fixtures. Southampton, Leeds, Brighton, Burnley, Aston Villa, and then Norwich in game week six. But then... What do we what do we really know about game weeks two, three, and four? Leeds, p- pretty good team. Brighton, actually, Brighton's yep. looking like a better and better attacking fixture with all these injuries. Like Sanchez has gone out injured, Dunk is out injured, Ben White yeah. just signed with Arsenal, yeah. and then you get to Burnley in game week four. Burnley, very stout defense, Josh. I, I think the bigger concern yeah. would be uh, the question from Joe Anderson, who asked thoughts on DCL under Benitez. First thought could be Benitez equals defensive football and therefore less goals for Everton and less goals for DCL. But one nil wins could also mean more bonus for DCL if he is regularly the only goal scorer and low scoring wins. I I mentioned the man, Salman Rondon, in our Everton club preview, Josh, where it's like, yeah. who was the no last blast from the past, yeah. <laughs> true blast from the past, but he was the last talismanic striker under Benitez when he was in the premier league at Newcastle. Could DCL evolve into a great Solomon Rondon? I, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I'm, I'm feeling optimistic about Everton, but not to the degree where I feel like this is the punt I want to make in game week one, it, it, he DCL is fitting into my category of just true goal scorers. And there's that not that extra layer to his game where he's creating for his other teammates and, you know, 16 goals and six assists last season. Uh, you would like to see more creativity from him. Um, but also uh, yeah. he is a bonus machine. So I take Joe's point, like when DCL does produce, he also rakes in the bonus points. So it's kind of feast yeah. or famine with DCL under Benitez. That's that's my feeling. Yeah, and and you know, part of the part of the problem here too, and I was I was actually looking it up uh, before we as you were as you were talking there, just to see if he was back in training. Actually, he has not returned to training yet. He's supposed to return to training uh this week. Uh so kind of you know, I mean they're, they're, he's probably gonna have to play, to be honest, because uh you've got Richarlison uh in Tokyo. Uh, yeah. Pumplein in the uh, in the Olympics, so I, I mean, they kind of they need a forward, right? And unfortunately, their their Icelandic midfielders probably yeah. never yeah. gonna you know wear the kit again, you know. So it's just a very strange situation yeah. there right now. And so, 
but but you know you can also say well is Calvert Lewin without without Richarlison to draw some of the attention away without uh, some I mean I don't know what's going to happen with Hamas Rodriguez right like there's a lot of a lot of you know weirdness there right now and so um, it, yeah I think I think unfortunately I, the only player I, I really consider and it's also eight million it's just more expensive than like what all the other forwards we're going to talk about um, that we that we'd really strongly consider outside of like I guess like a Harry Kane um, and so. It's just like, man, it just feels a little too risky. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say that Lucas Dean of, of the Dean's list, Brandon, the, the uh-huh. uh, yeah. uh, what we call him, the mascot or whatever, the inspiration for the Dean, the talisman who inspired the, the Dean's list contest. The headmaster. Um, he's the only one I really consider the headmaster of the Dean's list. Um, so yeah, I think let's, let, let's put a, let's put a, a, a pin in DCL yeah. and let's talk about him in a couple of weeks. Cause I think I, you know, we can talk about him all we want, but I think ultimately um, he's a, he's a proven commodity. We know what we're going to get with him. Um, I mean, 16 goals, th- 13 the season before that. Um, I think we can expect double digit goals this season, but it's just about when you bring him in. And I don't think that's early on. So at least, at least the first couple of weeks, so let's maybe think about, you know, taking him before like game week three or four. He's like a first wildcard player, I think. So this brings us to Bamford, who's also priced at $8 million. And if we look at last season for Bamford, in this price bracket, he has the highest XG from last season um, at 19.05, close to 20 expected goals. He produced 17 goals and a whopping 11 assists. Now, some of those are like him getting penalties awarded. There, there's some fantasy assists baked in there, but... Uh, he and Ollie Watkins, both with 37 starts across 38 game weeks. And of course, the one match that Bamford doesn't start, he comes off the bench and, and scores. But if I'm comparing Bamford to Watkins, he had Bamford had 10 more shots than Watkins on the season. So just the 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 uh, the productivity of this Leeds attack is so high quality. The fact that Bamford is almost always the farthest man forward except um, until you get to like the 80th minute when he, he's completely run out of gas and then Rafinha is like blazing and, and Jack Harrison are blazing past him. I just think it, it's, it's so irresistible how productive this leads attack is and how Bamford is, is reaping all the benefits. Uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. second, second uh, highest scoring forward, in the game just behind Harry Kane last season. And he got the huge FPL price bump because of that. And if you look at Leeds fixtures, you know, they're, they're, they're a mixed bag starting at old Trafford in game week one, followed by Everton, Burnley, Liverpool. But I think the way I tried to frame the fixtures and Leeds when we did the club preview was why are we even talking about fixtures with Leeds? They opened against Liverpool in game week one, defending champions last season, and they scored three goals against Virgil van Dijk and, and Allison. So I don't I don't think I'm as concerned about the the fixture matchups here so long as Bielsa brings the same robust system to the league again. So um you know, Bamford is I think I've already uh stumbled upon my my top three forwards for my game week one squad Bamford is going to be one of them how how high are you on Bamford right now yeah I'm I'm the same you know it's interesting I mean it'd be it'd be it'd be fun if we do all this all this forward talk and then you and I end up with the same with the same three but I <laughs> we'll I, see I'm kind of with you I mean I'm sort of talking myself into it and the only reason yeah it, it's that away to Man United that starts things off that's the only thing that's kind of putting me off him a little bit and you know the price tag isn't that bad and I think for me it may come down to whether I have Bruno or not. 
um, if I have Bruno, um, I may not be able to afford Bamford, right? Because Bruno is just so expensive. And if I, if I decide I'm just going to try to go Sancho or maybe even Greenwood, you know, if I want, if I really want to live dangerously, uh-huh. um, as my man United, uh, attacking coverage, then, um, the, or maybe, maybe I'll have both. I don't even you know who knows what I'm going to do still with, with Man United. I'm, I'm still kind of this week. I'm really going to try to figure that out. Uh, and we'll, we'll, of course, we'll do a game week one preview pod next Sunday. Yeah. Where we'll talk. By about the way, tomorrow. Josh, I, I don't know if I want to live in a world in which Alan St. Maximin is classified as a fantasy forward and Mason Greenwood is a, is a midfielder. It's, uh, it's just strange times, man. It's silly. I know. I don't love it either. I don't. I mean, this, I, I guess, you know, people just get slotted in where they, have to get slotted in sometimes, but it's, uh, it, you know, I mean, this is always like, like Marcus Rashford, you know, it's like, it's just like, how do you, you know, when these players play so far forward, but they do technically play out on the wings at times. I mean, Aubameyang is kind of, I guess he's back to being a forward this year. So that's, yeah. that, that at least is one thing that's, that's been fixed. So yeah, I'm, I'm really big on Bamford as well. Um, you know, Migs asked if we're overlooking Bamford and I think you and I are both firmly coming in on the, uh, yes, we may be. Uh, category, but let, let's talk about some more players, Brian. We got we got a few more here. We got Chris <laughs> yeah. Wood to talk Why's, about still. Right? Oh, we we can't stop the recording just yet, can we? <laughs> I don't think so. And I mean, Harry Kane looms too. You know, oh, he's God, he looms yeah. there. Yeah. So I mean, especially if he just commits, if he just comes out there and says, you know what, I talked to Daniel Levy, and uh, I love the man, I love the club, I'll never leave. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'm looking at him for for game week one suddenly. So, <laughs> um, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. It'd be nice to have some clarity on that, though. Uh, Ian Acho, Brandon, a player that I really I had no opinion on, honestly, Uh, (laughs) you know, other than like Uh kind of thinking, oh, like he seems like an interesting player. He was like a stats bomb favorite for anyone who's like been a stats bomb reader slash listener for a long time. And so, you know, when he signed with with Lester, they were really excited about that. And then kind of nothing happened for, you know, I guess multiple years. And and then uh, he scored 11 goals and two assists in the final 13 Premier League matches. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, didn't really become a consistent starter until game week 26. And suddenly it was like, and you and I have talked about this. I think we talked about this a little bit in the Leicester section of our, of our team previous pod. But what was so interesting about it was it felt like he belonged. It was like he, he was, was linking up with everybody. He seemed unselfish. He was always in the right place at the right time. It was like, he was, he was like a perfect forward. And it was like, where did, like, where did this come from all of a sudden? You know, this like beautiful forward. He was good in the FA Cup too. You know, it was just really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you look in this price bracket, you've got three players who outperformed their XG last season. Danny Ings, who is probably like, I would, I would say the most elite finisher of, of all these players we're talking about, apart from Harry Kane, sure. Callum Wilson, at Newcastle, uh, 12 goals on an 11.2 XG. And Ianacho. Ianacho, 12 goals on an under 10 expected goal. So he, he's almost almost by th- a margin of, of uh, three goals outperforming his XG. And so one way to look at that is, yeah, Ianacho just fit into that Leicester squad, as you're saying, Josh. Another way, the, the pessimistic point of view is, was he just too hot? And uh, is yeah. is are the numbers that he put up last season even sustainable? And I th- think like I think now I'm going to find myself in a position where I start formulating arguments against Ian because I'm not going to find a way to fit him <laughs> into my team. 
And that's not yeah. that's not what I want to feed our listeners, Josh. So I think like he remains a great, great, great option heading into game week one of this season. I don't think it's a matter of can he keep up these sensational numbers from last season because I agree. He fits into that Leicester squad. Brendan Rodgers clearly unlocked him. And all the goals that he was scoring for Leicester, it wasn't like even though they were just these incredible numbers, it wasn't like he was scoring incredible uh, Harlem Globetrotter-esque goals. These were all goals that can be reproduced game week in, game week out. So, I, I, Yeah, I, I love him as a pick. This Sunday, Leicester City play uh, Man City in the Charity Shield, and it's – uh, I think it's it's like twelve fifteen Eastern time or whatever it is, and uh, I think that if Ianacho goes into that match and looks good, looks active, looks like I mean, Pats and Daka's looked. You talked about him earlier. He's he scored a nice goal uh, just a couple of days ago in a friendly. So I mean, there may be some competition there. But if Ianacho starts, if it looks like it's his spot going into the season, um, and if he you know if he gets a goal or something like that, or even looks threatening in that match i would very seriously consider him because i actually think that their opening three matches are extremely solid uh home to wolves and that's it's a completely remade wolves team right so it's mm-hmm. going to be very much up in the air away to west ham which i think is fine you know it's not like a great fixture but it's not it's really not terrible and west ham were shipping goals at times last season even at home uh and then and then away to norwich which i also think is a good fixture so you know, and, and we know from previous seasons that Lester typically come out of the gate pretty hot. So um, I think that he's he's a real contender, and um, it's honestly a, it's a pretty good opening seven fixtures uh, outside of playing at home to Man City in game week seven. So you know um, we're without a net on him, but I mean he's only twenty four. You know, it's not like he just had this. It's not like he's like some you know thirty one year old who just had a fluky season. Like he's <laughs> still an up and coming player. So I think there's some some promise there. So let's 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 jump from Ian Acho real quick to Pats and Doc. I mean, he's Doc sure. is too much of an unknown for us to have any like real real takes on him. But he's young, and his his brief is that he is he's the Jamie Vardy replacement. His, what defines his game is his is his pace. So, like I was saying, with if anything happens to Bamford, God forbid, uh, suddenly Rodrigo, it's it's his fantasy game. If anything happens to Jamie Vardy, I think Daka at 7.5 is just he he could be the dude that um, maybe even takes over for Iannaccio. I think Vardy, that that type of play where you've got the the running striker like Vardy freeing up some space for Iannaccio to fill in. That might yep. be why Iannaccio was performing as, as well as he did. So I think that. It's it's not. Is it going to be Daka and Vardy? I think is it going to be Vardy and Ianacho, or is it going to be Daka and Ianacho? So I do wow. think you're really safe with the Ianacho pick, and then Daka is probably going to rotate with Vardy. Yeah. If I had to guess, it's just hard to watch Ianacho play and think, oh yeah, that guy is going to be able to hold down his spot. You know, it just feels like he belongs. You know, yeah. so. Right. All right. Uh, that's enough. Uh, that's enough on the Ian Acho. I think we've sung his praises uh, pretty, pretty thoroughly. Two more players I want to talk about, and then we'll do a couple more just in brief. One is Callum Wilson. And uh, just a quick note here to start things off, Brandon. I think that his status as a player who's let you down is a little undeserved. I mean, we, we call <laughs> Callum, Callum the truth Wilson because he is what he is, Brandon. He yeah. is a above average FPL forward 
Nothing less and certainly nothing more. Okay. Uh-huh. That, that is exactly what you get with him. 12 goals and six assists last season, 14 goals and 12 the year before that. Those, those are good numbers. And, you know, actually, he, excuse me, he had an eight goal and six assists in the year before, in between those two that I, mm-hmm. that I was, uh, cause I, cause I like Wilson. I guess I was skipping over the Bournemouth the relegation season. They were so bad that year. Yeah. Uh, so we'll cut him. We'll cut him a little bit of slack on that one, but a very consistent, solid forward who is a little like Chris Wood, uh, who just looms over this section for some reason, uh, is a player who you can you're going to consistently expect somewhere between ten and fifteen goals, and you just kind of want to get him at, at just the right time. That's yeah. really the trick with Callum Wilson. He had a great start last year, if you remember. He, I think he had like two goals and an assist away to uh, West Ham. Yeah, there was a lot of truth talk at the start of last season, and then you know he he faded a little bit along with that Newcastle side and they kind of got sucked into a Steve Bruce shaped vortex and then Wilson got injured. So I think like 12 goals and six assists, I think that kind of does undersell his importance to that Newcastle team. So if you thought Newcastle were good to close the season, um, then I think Callum Wilson is worth adding to your watch list. But yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. He's, He's one that you only really need to consider when when the uh, the stars align. Yeah, and uh, you know it's just it's hard to look at Wilson and comparing to someone like Iannaccio. Iannaccio is so exciting. He's younger. He's we don't kind of we this, we don't know what the ceiling is with Iannaccio mm-hmm. and with Wilson. I think that fourteen goal fourteen goals three seasons ago that is the ceiling. And of course, <laughs> uh-huh. if you get fourteen goals and twelve assists from a, from a seven point five million player, you're having a that's a quality that is fantastic. You would absolutely take that from a player at that price at that price bracket. So you're taking the kids uh, out for ice cream uh, uh, in that situation. You are exactly <laughs> you. You really are. There's a place called G's Pizza where I was a kid, Brandon. After after a game, and you'd be going to G's Pizza, eating that pizza, and having ice cream afterwards. Fantastic. If that's what you're getting. Uh, and and you know New, Newcastle do have a pretty decent opening run. They play West Ham and Southampton at home, way to Villa in game week two. It's a nice opening three. It's, it's actually a pretty solid opening um, altogether. But I guess we're going over him a little quickly here because it's just not. Um, he's a little less exciting than some of the other players we're considering, and he's at the same price bracket. It's not like you get a cost savings or anything like that. And we don't really know what to expect from Newcastle going into the season. Although, as you noted, they did finish well last year, so um, I don't blame you if you have Wilson because I think there's a kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. safety in it you're not it's hard to imagine going through the first three game weeks that, that Newcastle have and have and having zero returns over those mm-hmm. three it just feels yeah. very hard to believe so I think they're if, for consistency's sake it would not be a terrible pick I just think there's some more exciting options and speaking of exciting Brandon yeah. Mr. Raul Jimenez he's, he's back in a friendly this weekend he's back he's got the wrap so happy I refuse to bump him from this this, this discussion category because yeah. I love him and I'm rooting yeah. for him and I yeah. hope that he does well. So, I mean, what do you want to say about Raul Jimenez? Anything? I also want to profess my love for Raul Jimenez. I mean, even, you know, as uh, the Mexican men's national team is our sworn enemy just south of the border. Yeah. I mean, if if he's if he's starting in that Mexican squad, I, there's a part of me that doesn't mind seeing Mexico do well. But uh, yeah, I, I want to see him uh, just just pound those headers off of his puffy headband. Uh, just like every corner kick, he he uh, just is able to jump higher, head harder. 
But yeah, this is like the the wolves. The wolves team is is like toxic right now to me, fantasy wise. Um, mm-hmm. They're just like it, it. They remind me a little bit of Fulham coming up from the championship last season, where mm-hmm. they had to completely remake their squad entirely, and now they got new manager, uh, lots of players coming back from long injuries last season. So, uh, you know, I, I'm rooting for you, Raul, but I will be rooting from you for you from a distance. And I think they had a couple of injuries that popped up in the friendly this weekend as well, too. So I, I don't see them as a team that's going to go down. I think they have uh, a nice structure in place some some young players. They've made some some buys. Um, I think, I think they'll be, I think they'll be okay, but it's just a weird, it's just a weird situation right now with them. So let's, let's, I, I agree. Let's, let's just keep again. And, and one of the reasons we're talking about all these players is okay. Not a great start for wolves. We don't really know what him and us gonna look like. We don't know what the team's going to look like, but you can't just look at the opening two matches when you think about the start of your fantasy season. Cause suddenly game week three rolls around. And you're like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do right now. All these players in my squad have bad fixtures and they need to fix things really fast. <laughs> you look at him and as, plays away to Watford, home to Brentford, way to Southampton, home to Newcastle from game weeks four to seven. He may end up being the perfect replacement for some other player in your squad who's not delivering or gets injured or or or, or whatever. Or you just want to mix up your, you know, the, the look of your team a little bit because uh, someone's not delivering. So I think that Jimenez could really end up being that player. And I'm glad that we get three weeks. Like it would have been really, if, if they had played Brentford and Watford to start the season, we would have had to be like, in a position where we made a really tough decision about whether to, whether to have him and as, and now we get three weeks where we can kind of see what, what this whole squad looks like. So yeah, let's see. Those fixtures for wolves are like, um, like hard Larry, David, curb your enthusiasm, pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, totally, totally. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So let's, let's talk about a couple of players in brief here in this, in this mid price tier. Then we're going to take a break. Chris Wood, 12 goals, 14 goals, 10 goals, 10 goals in the last four seasons. Reliable and affordable. And at just 7 million, Brendan, he's 0.5 cheaper than all the players we just talked about. It just comes down to whether you think Burnley can create enough chances for him. Yeah. I, I think it, he actually might be flying a little under the radar. What do you th- what do you think about Chris Wood? Why why are we not talking about him more? Well, I don't think we're talking about Chris Wood. It's like talking about, I'm trying to think of, there was a movie I was thinking about recently where I wanted to see it. It was like a a movie based on history or like a real person. You knew how the story ended. So in talking about the movie, reading the reviews before you'd seen the movie, it didn't really matter because you already knew the ending of the story. That's kind of how I feel about Chris Wood. You don't talk about him. You don't really care because you know how the story goes. Uh, you've seen the movie a thousand times. If I've got nothing going on on a Saturday afternoon and I've got a, a light hangover, maybe I'll turn on Chris yep. Wood midway through yep. and, I'll, and I'll just happily watch it through to the end credits yep. um, and then completely forget about it. I was thinking he's kind of like a like an ottoman or a poof or something that you buy from like Wayfair, you know, and you just, uh, you get it <laughs> uh-huh. and you just stick it on the ground. Yeah. D- does a job. Treat you it never like crap. Comment on it again. Treat it like crap. <laughs> a couple of years you discard it for, for something new. So <laughs> I, it's, it's probably a little unfair to poor, to poor Chris Wood. He had some moments last season, but it's just, it's to get, to get excited about Chris Wood would be to get excited about Burnley. And I find that <laughs> to be poofs. hard to do. 
Yeah, and poofs exactly. So it's uh, I don't know. It's is poof. Do they use that word in English? I know sometimes there's a there is yeah there is a pejorative. I'm not using it in the pejorative way. Yeah, one hundred percent not. Uh, the yeah, we're we're talking about the footstool, not anything else. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then we have a couple other players who we we just have to briefly mention because they're in this price bracket. They're both eight million. Uh, you have uh, Danny Yangs, uh, who I think shoots near the top of his list if. Kane moves to Man City, Nings moves to Spurs. There's a lot of ifs in that sentence. But if that were to happen, I think he'd be could be a great option. He had 22 goals just a season before. Even last year, we had a little more, a few more injuries. He had 12 goals and eight assists. Or, excuse me, 12 goals and four assists. So I don't know. I mean, Ings, he's like a, I mean, it's, it's boring to say wait and see with a lot of these players, but that kind of feels like where we are with, with Ings right now. If you were to tell me, Josh, Ings is guaranteed to be fully fit this entire season and he's moving to Spurs and Kane is leaving, I would buy him in a cocaine heartbeat. Eight million would be a sure. steal. Like his level of finishing, as I was mentioning, yeah. is just off the charts. But it's like as He's at that age and the level of injuries that he's uh, incurring uh, each passing year. It's it's like the movie old going. Let's have another movie reference here. It's yeah, like Ing- yeah. Danny Ings is on the uh, M. Night Shyamalan old beach. And when you break for the summer, he ages uh, probably more rapidly than any of these other Premier League players. I did love all those old memes. Uh, there are a lot of them going on, <laughs> on Twitter. My, my favorite one, Brandon, was the... Uh, was the one that was the uh, somebody once told me this beach is gonna old me. <laughs> I like the uh, one where it's like, "What about a beach that makes you younger?" That'd be a movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we can talk about old all day, though, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> one other player in that mid-price tier. Feels like we talk about these mid-price players forever. I knew, I knew we would. Uh, is uh, Anthony Martial four goals and seven assists last year? Frequently injured. But the guy had 17 goals and nine assists the year before. It's not even clear where he stands with the club. If they're going to, he's going to stay. If he's going to start. I mean, if, if, if Anthony Martial starts this season, I mean, he's probably a, I don't, I just don't know what's happening with him. I, I feel like I'm, I'm confused with, <laughs> yeah. with Martial. Like what is going on there? I, yeah, it's, it's uh, the stink face to good player ratio is, is, is imbalanced. I think, I think it's, I, I feel like he sunk to new depths last season. Obviously, he had some bad injuries, but my sense not being a United fan is that he's in a place with that club, whereas he's probably, I mean, it just doesn't feel good. Like, it doesn't feel like a player that Ole needs nor wants at this point. If I told you this was going to be his seventh season in the Premier League, would that shock you? It shocks me. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Seven years. Are you yeah. kidding me? That's... Seven years. That is crazy. I remember when he joined the league. My time, goodness. Seven years. It's crazy. Time, time flies when you're clearly not having fun, Anthony Marcial. I know. Did he go to the that old beach as well? And like something <laughs> yeah. six years have passed. I don't know what's happening here. Oh, no. This is giving new, <laughs> right. new meaning to players being on the beach. Yeah, it really is. I think he was on the beach. I think he's only played three years for Man United. And so someone got doubled. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we're going to get back and then we're going to talk about the premium tier of forwards. Hi, everyone. Josh here talking to you about Fantasy Football Hub. If you go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always, you can get 25% off the tier of your choice. 
Uh, you can become eligible for the Always Cheating Super League 1,000 pound prize. I mean, that alone, why not, right? Just go it's register huge. there just to, get a, to be eligible, just in case you have a great season. No you question. You win 1,000 pounds if you win our league. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you get on there, you know, I should I should note, by the way, that all of the stats that we pulled for this pod have come directly from the Opta stats on the Hub website. So uh, that is a, a nice little endorsement. I really enjoy reading through the stats on that site. I think it's very clean, very easy to use. Uh, you also get access to the greatest fantasy minds managing today. You get, uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't want to name people off because I'm going to, I won't, I, there, there, there's so many great people on there. And if I start naming some, I'll feel like I'm leaving people off, but you get uh, access to a, a ton of them. And uh, I mentioned the data already. You get the game week planning tools put together by our friend, Ben Krellen. Can I say friend? You, you know, we acquaintance, certainly, you know, our, he's part of our yeah, friends. Friend yeah. slash frenemy. Yeah, and for, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but uh, no, I think a, a friend, I think is a, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, to me, friend is a loose thing. You know, it's sort of um, it's a lot fluid. of people are my friend, right? You know, I mean, all Americans are my friend. For example, I'm very patriotic. <laughs> okay. uh, you can you can ch- you can chat with other managers, uh, including on uh, private WhatsApp groups. If you want to get, uh, you know, some real deep down uh, information, and uh, you want it to be a little more private, you can do it there. Uh, they also have a Slack channel where people can talk and engage on there as well and they have an app so uh lots of different reasons to to sign up and again i mean to me the primary thing though at least from my perspective is i love having that clean opt data because i don't always trust my own opinion and i love being able to look at those stats and decide if i'm making the right decision or not well said joshua just a reminder to all of our listeners you can get 25 percent off the tier of your choice as a listener of always cheating just visit fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always now back to the show We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Bert, back. Premium tier. This tier is defined as 8.5 million and up, basically 8.5 million to Harry Kane. Harry Kane is the most expensive forward in the game at 12.5 million, an eye-watering price. <laughs> Kicking off the question from Eric Freeman, it says, 
Freeman says, uh, give me an argument for why I should consider a far between 8.5 million and 10.5 million. I'll just shush up to 12.5. Says, you don't need to believe it. I just haven't heard anyone argue in favor of these guys yet. Yeah, well, I, I one answer for Eric is consistency. I think consistency is really the magic word when you're talking about FPL, full stop. Mm-hmm. Where can yep. we get fantasy assets who deliver week in, week out? Now, I think one of the rules that I would preach is, you know, from the most premium, premium asset to the worst the, you you can't expect these guys to deliver every single week. All, even the best players in the fantasy game will blank. But why would you consider a strike a premium striker this season? Well, the expectation is at this price tag, they will be more consistent than the lower tier price brackets. The problem that I think we're running into this season is it's becoming harder to make that case for consistency. Uh, for for a lot of these premium forwards that we're going to run through, and that's why this the the section is basically the Harry Kane section because I'm going to need you, Josh, yeah. to convince me that there's a single other player in this price tier that um, is yeah. going to be a consistent FPL points getter this season. Yeah, I mean, I think again, I, you know, if there's a theme in this forward discussion, it's that a lot of these players aren't people that you need to be thinking about in game week one, but they're people you want to keep on your radar and come into them, like come in with a, with a fresh pair of eyes, right? Okay. We all think we know what Edison Cavani is, right? He, he didn't, didn't, he wasn't a consistent starter. Didn't play tons of minutes when he did start matches. We, you know, it's it just, he's old, you know, <laughs> old for football at least. And, you know, just like there's all these, you know, sort of questions and, but what happens if he comes out of the gate and he's just absolutely on fire, right? Do we, do we, are we able to look at that with a clean slate or do we carry all of the baggage, you know, from, from yeah. the seasons before? And I, I really want the season to come in and sort of just, cause they, they, these, you know, I, I just think like a lot of times what you know in the past actually comes back to hurt you. Right. And you need to sometimes just like, they are showing you what they are. Right. And it, it, even if all that means is just that they're in form. Right then yeah. we should be able to just say, you know what? Yeah, maybe Callum Wilson has hurt me before, you know, when I brought him in or whatever. Yeah. But he's just, he looks great right now. He's on fire. Uh, and and all of these players, I think, outside of Kane, and the, the three that we're going to talk about after Kane, uh, you know, are Cavani, Werner, and, and Gabriel Jesus. I, I don't want any of those three going into the season either, but by game week two or game week three, I could absolutely see myself in any of these three players. And, you know, right. maybe not Jesus, I don't know, but like, you know, certainly, certainly, uh, you know, Cavani in particular, I mean, I could be convinced on him, um, yeah. you know, if, uh, if it comes out of the gate firing. It's confirmation bias, right? Like we're, we're looking at these players, like Cavani is a great example where you're just, you look at Cavani and you're like, I don't want to have to think about this guy. Please stop making me have to think about yeah. him. Give me all the reasons to not have him. Give me all the reasons to have anybody but him. And, you know, when he comes into form, which he could possibly, you you can't then find yourself just again trying to convince yourself not to get him. You have to be open to the idea that, you know what, maybe it's Cavani's Cavani's time. Maybe it is. Yeah. And I, and we'll see again. I, I know I don't wouldn't strongly advocate for any of these players uh, going even honestly, Harry Kane. I mean, Harry Kane is let's you know, let's get into the the players here a little bit. I mean, so Kane is twelve point five million. It's uh, I suppose you've had a couple of 13 million players did Aguero 
get to 13 million once. It's 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 pretty rare. I feel like 12.5 million is about a close to the ceiling as you're going to get with mm-hmm. a, with a with a player in the, in the Premier League fantasy game. It's a price uh, tag that yeah. says I completed FPL. I got the platinum yeah. trophy on FPL PlayStation. That's right. It it, it really is kind of like uh, he's he's a, you're a legend officially, which of, which of course he was in fantasy already. I mean, he had, but three straight 29 goal seasons, uh, you know, just a couple of years ago. So, but what are you getting, right? 23 goals, 14 assists. Uh, that is more than double the assists he's registered in any of his previous six Premier League seasons. Now, wow. he's always been a complete player. You know, it's, uh, he's always been someone who um, is willing to go back in the midfield and, and win a ball. And that's why everybody loves Harry Kane, right? Because he just, like, he just really, I, I, he feels like he loves to play and it feels like he, like, knows... He is able to use his love in a way that makes the team better. You know, if that sure. makes any sense. Like it's like the really... striker who says, you know what, I'm just not touching the ball enough. So I'm going to drop deep. I'm going to get involved. And it's, it's less out of selfishness. It's more of, out of positivity. Like let's get things going. You need a fulcrum. Here I am. And he's, you know, he, he brought that Stevie G uh, Hollywood pass into his game a couple of seasons ago. And, and by God, like how many beautiful goals did he and Son score because he was able to just yeah. receive and immediately uh, release the ball to to Son breaking through? So, um, I that that less than the goals, I like I find it very hard to believe that Kane's going to get that many assists this season. But even still, I the price the the price is warranted. the 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 obvious like uh, black cloud here is. Where is Harry Kane going to be playing? If he is, if he's playing at Spurs, is it going to be stormy? Is it going to be? Uh, is he is he going to be bummed out and and uh, still yeah. agitated? If he goes to City, I don't know. Okay, if he goes to City on a scale of one to ten, how badly do you want Harry Kane in game week one? Uh, well, if he goes to City, I would not want him for game week one because I don't know if he'd start that match. Right. I mean, we're, we're not at the point where the season's almost 11 days away. Right. Yeah. And so he hasn't even moved there yet. They're, they're not, you know, if, if it, it's a 150 million pound deal, whatever it turns into like that is that, I mean, maybe it's already been, it's being discussed behind the scenes. I mean, who knows? Right. But you know, let's say they finally come to terms on that. That is not like a deal that you just like, wave through like, ah, oh, it'll be fine. We'll work out the details later. Right. That is like, that is like <laughs> mm-hmm. the amount of money it takes to like buy a lower division club is a ton of money. And so I can't imagine that going through in the next 48 hours if it does. And so even if he joins the club, it may be just with days before the season, it may, it may, it may come after game week one. Um, I mean, the transfer window I think is open two weeks after the season starts. So um, you could see, and we talked about this in the, in our Spurs section, but you could absolutely see Levy saying, listen, I, I'm not going to, let him go to man city. If he's about to join this club the week before you guys play us in game week one, you know, I'm not going to just basically buy myself a a loss at the start of the season. So, um, so, but, and I think actually viewed through that lens, it makes me less likely to have him in general because there's a part of me that's like, Oh man, if Kane joins man city, I just, I really want him for that Norwich fixture in game week two. But if he really doesn't join the club until assuming he does it all, which I'm st- I think is still very much a coin flip, uh, if, mm-hmm. if not unlikely, uh, yeah. a, little, a little less than a coin flip. Um, then, it, but let's say he does go, I, I just can't see him being integrated into the club, training with everybody. And then I, 
Man City do not need to throw him out to the to the wolves, right? They don't need to just like oh, they're not. They, it's not going to be like Dominic Calvert Lewin with Everton, where they're just desperate to get a forward out there. It's going to be um, yeah. Let's take it. Take your time. We'll we'll bring you in when we need you to. Yeah. Um, because so, they'll be grooming him to oh, win that's... trophies, not to win early season matches. Um, a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Here's an interesting thing. I've been thinking about this. So you you have the model of Chelsea and Chelsea selling, you know, selling Hazard to Real Madrid and basically using that to build the team that won the Champions League. Uh, you have Liverpool uh, who sold Coutinho and using that to... Um, you know, win the Premier League and the, and the Champions League as well. You have Southampton selling Van Dyke, using that money to basically buy themselves five years of Premier League consistency. Um, and then if Aston Villa sell Grealish, I think you got the same thing, right? That's a hundred million pounds for a club of, of, of Villa's size. Like that's probably that's going to buy them five years up as well, right? And there was just a year ago that they were flooding with relegation. So, but Spurs are in this weird category where they're not really you can't quite see them pushing on to win the Premier League, and you don't really see them as a relegation threat. So what does selling Harry Kane get them? Like what does it get them into the champions league or not? Like it seems like they're more likely to get the champions league with him than they are without him. Spurs have been in this position before when they sold Gareth Bale to Real Madrid. And you could argue that history, there was a sliding doors moment. Uh, The Leicester season Spurs were so close to possibly winning the premier league trophy. Spurs miraculously made it to the Champions League final to lose to Liverpool. There is a version of history where Spurs, you could say Spurs used their Gareth Bale money to build a club that that actually did win trophies. So, um, but it just kind of didn't work out that way. You know, the Eric Lamellas of that club just didn't quite turn out as good as they ought to have. So I think the goal for Spurs would be to win the Premier League title with that money, for sure. Yeah. I just don't know if if selling him does that or not. And I just wonder if maybe they just need to try to find some more diamonds in the rough. I, who knows? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to look, look inside to Levy's yeah. brain here. I, I can see an argument on both sides, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, I guess the problem that Spurs else. and Levy find themselves in this time around is you can sell Gareth Bale to a league that you don't really have to contend with outside of the Champions League. You sell Harry Kane <laughs> to, if the goal is to get this money into the club and then win the Premier League, like you're selling the best striker in the league to the best team in the league. Yeah. You're really shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Real Madrid and Barcelona are still pushing this pathetic Super League stuff, right? Like after mm-hmm. the Premier League has completely moved on from it, they're still like, hey, we're going we're gonna to make this thing happen. We're going we're gonna to leave all of our, we're going to leave our leagues behind. And it's just like, it's fine. Apparently they're just like, it's, I, I haven't heard anything about fan protests or whatever. It's just fine. They're going to leave La Liga and, and Serie A I mean, or whatever they, I mean, they claim they're not going to, but of course that effectively does, you know, it, it makes it makes those divisions second tier, you know, if they if they're in this this lucrative super league. Anyway, I don't want to revive that whole discussion. But anyway, they don't have any money to buy Kane, is my point. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we know what you're going to get with Kane. I think he's too expensive. I don't think he's going to um, duplicate those assist returns, and I worry about his injury record. I also think that he traditionally, although less so last season, had a um, has, has been a slow starter. And I think the last season's numbers are actually slightly inflated 
because of the crazy COVID turnaround and that defenses were not as settled. And he made some real hay at the start of the season, racking up major numbers before the defenders started to defend again. And I think that uh, that insane Southampton match. Yeah, and then a way to um, the way to Man United. Remember that match with oh, the, God, with the yeah. red card? Yeah. yeah, and I think he had a you know two goals and an assist or something in that one. So, uh, you know, it could be that you look at it through another lens and you're looking at a player who has 18 goals and nine assists or something like that, and they're and they're at you know 12.5 million. You never you wouldn't really consider it. And so and this is kind of what happened with Aguero near the end of his career. You know, he had these gigantic price tags and he wasn't quite living up to them. And I just think that at 12.5 million. At that price bracket, I would rather have Bruno and I would rather have uh, Mane. Yeah. And I would also rather to Josh, Josh Ramsbottom, who says it's a better to own Kane, three, seven point five million forwards. Personally, I'd rather have the forwards. And the only argument for Kane would be if I was really going to consistently captain him over all of the other midfield options. And I don't really feel that way, especially with Liverpool having a strong start. I just think that most Salah is going to get my captaincy most of the time. So I, I'm just not feeling it right now with Kane. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think it's a good point to bring up captaincy, something that we haven't discussed at all. And I think that's bec- like that. That is an, an unspoken appeal of of that seven to eight million price bracket is you're taking away that pressure of having to captain the right goal scorer week in, week out because you buy into a, a Ollie Watkins striker at 7.5. You don't, you don't have to give him the armband to get value from that. So you're, you're right to point out that the only way to get the most from a Kane 12.5 million price tag is to know that you will captain him. And yeah, if you think the most likely scenario is Kane stays at Spurs and then that's actually better for him FPL wise. Cause you know, Spurs will run him out. Uh, you know exactly how they'll play him. But maybe you don't because Nuno is a new manager. Uh, He's probably going to be trying a few things. I mean, I don't think you can really manage Harry Kane out of scoring goals, but uh, um, it it just doesn't feel like you're on steady footing there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if he stays, you know, you see that Watford at home in game week three, but Watford's defense is pretty solid. At least it was in the championship. So Mm -hmm. uh, even that match doesn't feel like just a slam dunk captaincy pick. So, all right, let's move on from Kane. Uh, We'll we'll certainly talk about him plenty more this season. Um, A couple other forwards. Again, I feel like we've already kind of talked about them a little bit just in that that kind of preamble there. But you have Edison Cavani, who uh, 10 goals for us this last season. He missed nine matches through injury. I don't think he started until game week five when, when they brought him in uh and he only played 75 minutes in the premier league 11 times all season so in, in one lens it's impressive that he scored 10 goals and four assists uh, on another it makes me feel like it's just a little uh nerve-wracking to have him and yeah it's certainly have a good start to the season uh for intangibles brendan i've written here he's pretty awesome i'll give him that i, t- I do think <laughs> uh, that he's a cool guy sure. <laughs> i like him and i think he's a i think he's a He's a, I mean, he's a beautiful goal scorer. I mean, I, yeah. I, I find him to be a pleasure to watch. I really enjoy watching matches with S and Cavani in them. I don't know fantasy wise, if I'd love to have him, but I like well, watching him play. It's an advertisement for let's get some more South American players in this league for God's sake. I mean, these guys, yeah. um, uh, they, they play with a level of, of, uh, gamesmanship and, and passion and, and beauty, as you say, that, 
You're not you're not getting it. It's just not enough South Americans in the Premier League right now. Yeah, I know. I let, let, yeah, let's add like 20 or 30 more. I mean, Emmy <laughs> Martinez, Brandon, did, that shootout in the Copa America yeah. was, was an instant classic uh, just if, if for the hip thrust alone from Emmy uh. Martinez. <laughs> yes. um, so so Cavani, fun player. Uh, I think he's too risky. Uh, I love their start for for Man United, but I don't even know if he's going to start in game week one. Like it's, a, it's like I just I cannot go into the season not. I mean, okay, okay. How about this? This is a theoretical question for you. If Oli comes out and says Cavani is my forward, I am starting him the first. He's not going to say this, but yeah, Cavani is my forward. I'm going to start him the first four weeks of the season. That is a guarantee. You know, uh, there's I will I will not you know diverge from that. Uh-huh. Um, would you, I don't, you know, again, the ridiculous, but I mean, if you really, really knew that he was going to start the season, you would have to consider him, right? Because it is a very good start for Man United. Yeah, you would. I think the counter argument there is Manchester United, great fantasy team right now because they will presumably have many other options to go with. I mean, you probably with Rashford out, get more starts out of Mason Greenwood. You've got Jaden Sancho, you're, you're, I, I'm expecting him to hit the ground running pretty quickly or at least get into the starting 11 pretty quickly. You've got Bruno. So even with the knowledge that Cavani might get minutes, I still feel like I am I have other places to spend my Manchester United resources. So it's like if, I, yeah. if I'm looking at my 15 FPL players that I'm drafting in for game week one, uh, you know, I'd... Manchester United just don't feel like a team that I that I need to be tripled up on. Uh, so that that said, I guess it, it Cavani is only for a double up, Bruno and Cavani. And I guess this is a long way of saying I would favor Bruno plus Greenwood or Bruno plus Sancho before I would favor Bruno plus Cavani. Yeah, I, I'm not really feeling the Cavani thing either, just because I don't think that, that Ole is going to come out and say that he's a starter. And so it just, I mean, yeah, that just, we don't, we don't have enough information really with him. And so that's, that's why the problem. So let's move on from him. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like I, I, I had to bring him up cause I just keep getting people in my, in my, in our feed asking me about Cavani. And I just, I don't know what to say. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion because I don't really know what to think about. I mean, I think he's a really good player. As I've just noted, I will happily give him credit for being a great player, but I, I just don't know how many minutes he's going to get. The response, Josh, is is Ford versus Ferrari, right? This is your classic theory of you have to be willing to let the car explode. So, if you're feeling in your stomach, in your little, in your little tummy, that Edison Cavani is the dude for game week one, then go for it, and you could. You could break the land speed record, but your car could a- actually yeah, also explode true. and burn you to a crisp. It's really accurate. We need a, we need a t-shirt with that. That way, with seven thousand RPM on it, yeah. always cheating seven thousand RPM. Something like consider that. it right, done. That's a good one. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 yeah, we'll talk to our, uh, our 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 team, which is just you, uh, about that. <laughs> um, two more two more players, and then we're gonna wrap things up here. Timo Werner um, racked up a sneaky twelve assists last season. This is granted on XG of closer to eight. He racked up a not so sneaky six goals last season, granted on an XG of nearly fourteen. I I, I was shocked by that. I, granted, I am not a I am not a numbers <laughs> expert by any yeah. means, but eight under your XG that seems it, like a lot. That feels that feels pretty low to me. It's genuinely the greatest stat. If you remember one stat from this entire podcast, remember that last season. <laughs> 
Timo Werner so wildly underperformed his XG. It's just, it's, it's remarkable. I, I, I don't, uh, it's so stark that, you know, I I held on to this (laughs) argument of like, I, and there are ways that I identify with Timo where you get this, like, I, I can watch him play and you're like, oh, I bet he's feeling a lot of imposter syndrome right now. And, you know, I, I know he's the guy like you don't get to this. See it on his le- face, can't yeah, you? Yeah. You can. But it, but at the same time, you don't get to the level that Timo is at and just and just stink. Um, so, like, I, I'm I'm like trying to believe and understand where the player inside of him is. But then you see a stat like that where it's six goals on an XG of 14. It's yeah. just profoundly bad. Yeah, I mean, we talked about intangibles a lot, and he, he sort of has anti-intangibles. But again, and this is why we all got so seduced. I mean, he's the starting forward, or, or certainly in a in a forward level spot. I know he sometimes plays in the as a left wing player as well. Uh, but starting forward for uh, one of the best teams in the Premier League, certainly, uh, he's only a year removed from scoring thirty four goals and registering fourteen assists in forty five matches for RB Leipzig, a very good team and a in a tough league. So, I mean, he could be great value if you want a consistency. I mean, he, he ended up with double digit goals in the season, of course, because um, he, he did score in the champions league as well. And he won the champions league. I mean, not really any thanks, huge thanks to him, but still, <laughs> uh, he, you know, he's in a champions league winning team. He made a diverting so, run good, to good free up Kai Havertz for that goal. Exactly. <laughs> I guess, yeah, probably true actually, but, but still, um, so I'm not really feeling him at 9 million. I mean, it's, it's like, I, I guess you can't price him lower because if he, if he goes off, he can't be too cheap or something, but like, it feels kind of like a little silly too to have him at 9 million, but I, I, I do get the price in there. And then Gabriel Jesus, 8.5 million. I mean, it's just an interesting case with him. I mean, 14 goals and four assists across 42 appearances. I mean, it's just a very rare for a forward that I think we all think is a very good player, right? Mm-hmm. To get 42 appearances. Now, granted, they weren't all stars, but only 14 goals in 42. I mean, Aguero would never have those kind of numbers. Aguero yeah. would never only score 14 goals across 42 matches for, mm-hmm. for Man United. And so, you know, he kind of turned into this Firmino-type player uh, or, he, you know, he kind of goes back and wins the ball and sets up play a little bit more. And so, I mean, if anything, that just makes him even less appealing in fantasy, although it may, it may make him a more complete player. Um, certainly Man City won the league last year, and I, I think you can certainly um, give him some credit for that. But um, I, one thing I thought was interesting is that for all the pep rotation talk, he only missed one full Premier League match out of the final 23 that they played last season. I was a little surprised by that. If you had asked me how many matches did did Jesus get minutes in last year, I would have said at least, yeah, I mean, you know, how many matches did he not get minutes in down the stretch? I would have thought he missed four or five or something like that. But yeah. 22 out of 23, he at least played in. It is strange, but you can tell the reason like Pep the reason Pep persists with him is because Jesus is willing and able to press. And that's like that's the peculiar thing about all yeah. this Harry Kane talk is uh, Kane is not um he's not he doesn't have the energy or the fitness to just constantly be pressing the people the way um Jesus can. So you're just wondering where the upgrade is. Well, the upgrade is scoring goals because that's clearly not why Jesus is yeah, in this team. I mean, so we'll see. Exactly. I mean, he, he, his, the way that he played makes you wonder how Pep is going to line up this year. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I mean, he's cheap. They play Norwich at home game week two. I don't think he's, uh, he's had, he certainly has moments where he'll pick up a brace or something like that. But, um, 
I'm just not, I mean, he's cheap. I guess I should say he's cheap relative to the team that he's on. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. um, he basically did about as well as Werner did last season, but he's 0.5 million cheaper. Yeah. So we, ha- we haven't invoked this phrase yet in this episode, Josh, but make fantasy fun again. And yes, I concede that, uh, the best way to make fantasy fun is to score um, buckets of points, but owning Gabriel Jesus is is like very low on my list of making fantasy fun, and uh, that's that's just really the bottom yeah. line for me. There are plenty of other players yeah. on City. That's... You know, speaking of spending my fun bucks on Manchester United players, not Cavani. Got plenty of other people who I'm going to pluck off the shelf from City before I get to Jesus. Yeah, it's a real Chris Wood situation, isn't it? I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Um, so then there's three players that I, I honestly just have one line written for all three of them, and I'll, I'll just read them off here for you, Brandon. Jamie Vardy, hard to opt for him when Ian Acho is there and so much cheaper. Mm-hmm. Aubameyang, more or less washed up. Jeez, <laughs> that's, withering. That's my, that's my note on Aubameyang. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what else can you say, right? I mean, who would who would have a bomb yang at this point? I'm sorry. No, to say. It's, it's, yeah, he he he's like a dad who uh, you know has been off off the grid for a couple of years. Albamiang, even if he scores a couple of goals the first few game weeks, it's like you can't just show up with a bunch of Christmas gifts one Christmas, Dad, and expect me to forget, you know, what you yeah. put this family through. Uh, you're, yeah, you're, maybe we're, we're going to need more. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, he just kind of disappeared. I mean, I don't know how much Arteta's at fault for that or not, but I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, let's see. If it comes back to Hami, I was saying that Christian Benteke should be playing as a center back, and now he's a double-digit goal scorer on the Premier League. So mm-hmm. let, let's mm-hmm. see what happens to the Bamiyan. He's Certainly a talented player. Uh, and then uh, Firmino, uh, I just wrote, don't get the fourth best attacking asset in Liverpool, especially one who doesn't care if he scores or not. <laughs> Which is, which is, you know, the yeah. beautiful thing about Roberto Firmino, if you remove the fantasy from it, and I, and and you and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, you know, it's very easy for me to appreciate a great player, and 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 fantasy does not warp my perspective that much. And I love Firmino; I truly think he's yeah. a wonderful player. But uh, who's the, he's not a great fantasy uh, asset? Who's the character on Ted Lasso who keeps saying uh, "football is life"? Um, Danny something. Yeah. The forward. Yeah. Whatever is. Yeah. Danny. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, that is for, for me now is very much a football is life sort of a guy. And um, listen, when we talk about making this game fun, we're talking about it for us uh, as, as fantasy yes. managers. <laughs> for me now needs to right, look at, right. look in the mirror and remind himself that he's not a fantasy manager. Stop having so much fun, dude. I know exactly. Just, just uh, but he is. He's infectious. I, I love Firmino. And what a great, what a great note to end this week's pod on, Brandon, with our mutual love of Roberto Firmino, who we will not be having at any point this season in fantasy. Thank you, to everyone, for listening to this week's podcast. One last time, if you want to say thank you to the podcast, this this episode in particular was it was a fair amount of work. So if you want, you want to say thank you, you go to patreon.com. You certainly don't have to, but if you want to, go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh, to become a supporter. You get access to the extra pod. You can talk to us on the Slack and ask us questions. We've got a couple more preseason pods to go before the season starts. We're actually going to do one together uh, in person, which I'm yeah. really looking forward to. Yes. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And so, and then of course uh, we have the, the mini league made and lots of other stuff coming as well so uh thank you to everyone and brendan do you want to do a quick thank you to our producers this week absolutely big thanks to producers mike DePietro, trevor ingerson chris howell andy penn martin savage brian t to big gaffer Bobas coon jeff husby 
Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Andy Portlock, Toothless Given, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, Sam Shower, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjaria, Rom Frosk, AJ, Fly You Fools, Jeremy Spiker, Lazaros Yanoas, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, and Caleb Rabby. And uh, to all the producers and our Volkswagen patrons, T-shirts are in the mail. If you want to see what those T-shirts are, and you're not a Patreon supporter, just visit our online shop at alwayscheating.com. We've got we've got new swag for sale. Um, other things to do before we sign off, Josh. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Always Cheating wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. We're most active on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. Send us an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And for all this information, including that Super League code, where you could be eligible for one, a £1,000 cash prize. Uh, from our friends at Fantasy Football Hub. Go to alwayscheating.com. Beautiful. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope this is helpful. We'll see you next week. Bye. Poku forever. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.